You're the big, big boss. You tell me what to do, and I gladly do my job. But I don't like your attitude. Hey, everybody, this is Paul with the Leadership in Tech podcast. Welcome back, and especially welcome to any new listeners. This week, Errol and Zach take us through the challenges facing teams that work remotely, and also the benefits to working apart from your coworkers. As a remote worker myself, this episode really stood out for me, and I think you'll enjoy it. I'd like to take this time to remind everyone that we upload an episode every Tuesday, and you can find old episodes, show notes, and more at techonramp.com. We can be found on both Facebook and Twitter, and both are at techonramp. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now tell me, who do you think you are? Besides the person who happens to be in charge. Uh, you know, that's why I thought maybe you didn't think we were recording last time because I was trying to set up the episode in like a light and fun way and you totally didn't like take it. No, you just, like, ru- you me, ruined the punchline. Oh my God. Well, next time, this is this is part of the problem with remote, right? You, wait, so are you uncomfortable now? So here, let me set this up. Episode no, I'll set it up. We just you just set it up because we're remote, and that's how you like to do things. You're like remote's the only way to go. It's alive, and we didn't even know that we were recording. We were completely not even on the same page. Errol, the internet is happening. <laughs> the internet is happening. So we got our sound <laughs> it's fixed. A fad. <laughs> no, it's not a fad. We got our sound fixed in episode seven and eight, so it sounded amazing. And so now we said, let's switch it up and go remote. And you're just all freaked out. You don't even know what's happening right now. It's called it, Skype. It's yeah. the internet. <laughs> it's it's all a crutch. <laughs> so we'll switch it up. We'll go remote today because I, I don't know why are we remote in the first place. We're we're remote because time got away from us and we couldn't uh, we couldn't we couldn't hook up. And so, uh, so we managed to do eight episodes in person even though yeah. we don't live right around the corner from each other. And yeah. we screwed up this week, and now we got to go Skype, which I'm perfectly comfortable with, and you're sort of freaking out. Now, you know, I'm not. I mean, all joking aside, we you sent me this article by Jonathan Nightingale, right? And it was it was really a great article, why more companies don't do remote work and probably shouldn't. And we've always had this running battle about, you know, you're always like, Errol, why do we need to be face-to-face? Why can't we get this meeting? You know, let's do a conference call. And you're, you know, so, you know, from the leadership standpoint, I could go through a million examples, not even from a leadership standpoint, from a human standpoint, I can go through a hundred examples of people that I spoke to, you know, this way on the phone, on a conference call, and it just never went well. And then when I got them face-to-face, you know, things went my way, not because of any other reason than I knew I had that person's attention because it's a lot harder for somebody to blow you off when you're sitting across the table from them, staring in their eyes, you know, reading their body language, you know, so that's, you know, that's generally speaking why I feel that, you know, the way I do about face-to-face meetings. But, you know, once you get, once you get that comfort level with somebody, then yeah, then, remote stuff is is great 
you know, because it does save a bunch of time. But I, I think out of the gate, remotely, you've got you've got issues. Well, for sure. So I agree with you. So you you're saying you do your best work face to face. I agree. So all my clients uh, for Salt, I really value the face to face time every once in a while. But the reality is that, like with uh, everybody living in different states all over the place, trying to do face to face all the time is really tough, right? So you have to fall back on the phone, onto uh, Slack, onto text message, email. So you have all these other forms of communication, which, uh, I mean, some of them can be problematic. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, you know, and I think what what happens is, you know, so like right now, this is completely functional. All joking aside, Skype is awesome. You know, we can still look at each other. You like to see my face. You said, turn on your video, please. Yeah, because I need to see what's going on over there. You know, if you're, look, how many times have you, let me just say this. In the, when I was in the FBI, right, and you, I would go to a superior's office for one reason or another. I've got two competing stories here. Um, I would be talking to somebody and they'd be at, a, you know, a couple levels above me. And it was usually about something important because they don't ask you in just to, to talk and they would be talking to me they'd be doing email somebody would call them there'd be a knock on the door even face to face it was like what you're are you doing you know, i'm not what yeah I'm, I'm half here now i wasn't in a position to tell that person you know pay attention to me or i'm just going to leave so i'd get what i could get out of it conversely at seal team one and i think i've, I've i think i uh, relayed this story in like the first, first episode you know, I, I went into the commanding officer's office, and anybody who did, he would shut the door, and it wasn't in a weird way. It was in a positive way, like, I'm busy talking to somebody. Nobody bother me. The phone was ringing. He wasn't picking it up. Um, you know, he just was ignoring everything except the conversation with me face-to-face. Now, so maybe it just comes down to the individual a lot of times, but I've just seen too many times people doing three things communicating remotely. You know, so I just don't trust it. I don't trust it for important stuff. I find, like, for my own self, uh, there's some sort of level of emotional intelligence that needs to be in place to even handle communicating remotely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'll take on a new client and I haven't got to know them yet, and I'll get one-line emails or one-line text messages, and it's like, what is this person saying? Like, oh, my God, they hate me. Or like you can, there's really a very easy to misunderstand like the short, brief communiques that come across uh, without any context of a relationship with the person to like understand what they're all about. Well, and and that happens with people we know. I mean, you know, how often? (laughs) How often did you do a text message with somebody and you kind of look at it like, oh, that was kind of rude. And you're just now assuming what the context or the emotion behind that text message was. Where, and then you know you write something back. I just was talking to somebody the other day, and they were sharing a story about a relationship that had gone south. And they went through this series of text message fights that they had oh with their. And we've all been there, right? So, like, even people you know really well, we have these important conversations over 
text message, over email, and when there's a misunderstanding, we just continue that we we double down on the misunderstanding instead of picking up the phone and actually talking. So yeah, well, you I, know. Th- I think back to like being having a team of technology folks, uh, and we all use Slack. It's like the most common platform. It's a chat platform. You you you're in it. You've seen it before. Yep. Uh, yep. And so imagine like you have seven people reporting to you and you're all in slack and so you have seven sort of chat conversations going but you're uh not like the general in your story and you're kind of on the phone and you're also answering email and you're sort of slacking to these people one seventh of your attention and so all of a sudden your conversations with like every team member is kind of like that bad breakup text conversation <laughs> you're, like misunderstanding each other it's like Joe just wrote me this. Oh, God, Joe. It, someone else wrote me this. And it's like, I send something back. They don't understand. And so, like, that's a, I feel like that's a pretty common state of, like, how to communicate with a busy team. And it's super, like, dangerous. Yeah, you know, the thing that I really love about this article by uh, Jonathan is he, he calls out a little bit the tech industry. You know, kind of a... You know, he, he put in there, whoever Mike Fielder is, he put a text from a, or a tweet from Mike Fielder who said, if your tech company can't handle hiring remote engineers, you've probably got a communications and trust problems amongst your tech debt. And there's like, you know, all these people liked it and loved it and all this stuff, you know, and, and Jonathan's kind of calling that out. Like the industry saying, why are we so locked in? Because we're tech. If you don't do all remote, you know, then you're, you've got a problem. And, you know, a lot of great things happen with people sitting in an office face to face, you know, a lot of great companies were built that way. And in, in the some, end, though, I think some tech people say, like, why should we have to come to an office and sit there from nine to five, we can do what we do anywhere. I, I and I agree. Attitude. I have the same attitude. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that's even wrong. But what I'm saying is this whole notion that that's the way it's got to be. It's kind of, in a way, just the the few things I've seen from tech folks saying that that's the way it's got to be, it really kind of makes you as close-minded as the people who say, well, no, you have to be in an office. You know, like we're tech, so we do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, you just must suck at everything or you must have trust issues. Well, that's not true at all um, because there could be a happy medium too. I, I like working from home. I don't necessarily like being in an office myself. But what I would say from the leadership standpoint, as we're discussing leadership in tech, it's all fine. What is your plan to properly touch your folks, to lead a team? You know, you've got to do things now completely differently. Right. Like, can you've you got, recognize, you've got to, can you recognize yeah. that your Slack is totally out of control and that the there is maybe a communication problem or are you contributing to it by not acting like the general and not giving your time to people and just sort of taking advantage of some of these communication mechanisms? Yeah. You know, and it's, I just, I I think it's almost, it's the other side of the pendulum, just locked pendulum, just really locked into that's the way it's got to be. And my only the only thing I would say to somebody who's who's doing that is that's fine. You feel like you have to be remote. You don't want anybody in an office because you get you can touch more people. You can have people from different countries working for you and get all that different perspective. That's good. 
as we've talked about a thousand times, what's your plan? How do you now lead appropriately in that environment? Because you can't do it the same way if everybody's sitting in an office. And it can go south a lot faster, do you know how, in my opinion. Do you know how the Navy SEALs have those headsets at all times? And so they're <laughs> always in constant, like, on a, on a se- seven-way, like, chat line voice, like, 24-7? <laughs> And you hit the little button on your shoulder and then you talk? Well, really, what they ended up doing it was like making it, they, they implanted it in your, in your um, ear canal and your voice box. And we just have it locked all in all the time. So I am constantly talking to other Navy SEALs. But doesn't that work better than like email? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. But, you know, here's the thing. So when you're doing, even in the military, since you brought it up, Right, the importance of succinct communication. So, if we're on a radio and I'm on an operation, obviously I'm not face to face. And if something's happening, right, my, you know, my my communication to you is very succinct and very clear, right. And it's you know, you know, we have contact at this location. Here's what we're doing, like quickly. And then the person on the other end says, "Roger," repeats what I said, and then acts on it so you know there are ways to really effectively communicate remotely i'm, I'm kind of getting off topic no no but, but see that's interesting to me because i think the succinct sort of communication is what i would strive for right with a tech team where you have 30 people that are all doing stuff and you can't chat with them all day long but it there almost has to be some sort of background of like emotional intelligence to be able to be on the same page to handle uh, the communication. Well, and here's, and again, here's the thing with those, those types of operations, you know, and I did them in the FBI, obviously do them in the seals and, you know, um, their emotions taken out of it. Right. And that's the culture. So when I very tersely tell you something, you know, moving to location a, and you say, Roger, understand moving to location a out. No, neither one of us is all freaked out that we're being rude. That right, is like, how we have decided. Stern there. <laughs> right? So, like, I'm not like, wow, did I say, why was he so rude to me just then? Because that's not. So the culture is, if we're going to talk, we're going to communicate effectively remotely, whether it's on the headset, on the phone, during something that's really important. Emotion's gone. Get your point across. Don't be all insecure about the what you are perceiving my tone to be so you know if you're going to do that remotely if you're going to have everybody remote you know look and I, I everybody wants to be liked you know hi how are you smiley face emoji right you know just to let you know i'm in a good mood <laughs> right. i'm going to ask you what i want <laughs> like you know I, I guess we could go on and on but that's that'll work on a casual you know on a casual conversation but when you all are trying to do things that are important, the pressure's on. We don't have time for 15 emojis and a smiley face to let you know I'm in a good place when I ask this of you or challenge you on what you're doing. You know, so, so are you setting up the trust to say clear, succinct communication? Or do you allow everybody to read into what's behind that text message? So then, okay, so like I'll go back to myself as an introvert, right, which we've talked about. So to someone like me, uh, 
text chatting someone on the phone or texting is easier than talking on the phone, right? And so we learn we're not supposed to break up with our girlfriend over text because that's rude, right? right. But it's also easier. It's also easier because you don't have to talk oh, yeah. and you can control the conversation. And so if I take you back to Slack, right? Maybe Slack was meant for efficient, non-emotional communication between team members, and it's actually good at that. But it can also be used as sort of a crutch for those emotional conversations that would be better on the phone, like if you want to talk to your boss about something that's troubling you or whatever. And so then that kind of get those kind of conversations get mixed in with the Navy SEAL kind of conversations, then the whole thing goes off the rails. Yeah, you know, and you know, when I, I joked at the beginning of the episode, you know, it's all a crutch. You know, I was kind of half joking because it is. Because remember, before all this happened, you know, you know, some of the folks listening to this are going to be like, "What? You didn't always have remote ways to communicate with each other?" Like it was the other way. It was, "Don't call me on the phone if you've got a problem. Come see me." Right. Right. It was like having a having a really important discussion over the phone, like you said, breaking up, you know, with your significant other over the phone was rude, and so you did it in person because that was harder. But it was. It was more professional, right. you know, it was, it, and so I, I still feel none of that's changed. Um, text message is a way for people to try to get their point across a lot because they're just too afraid. They're not having the, the emotional intelligence, the courage to really have that conversation on the phone and then take it a step further. Hey, we need to sit down face to face and talk about this because this is way too important. And that way we can get this out of the way. So now we can not be reading into each other's emails and text messages and terse communications over Skype or whatever it is, because we know where we stand. I want to throw a third bucket in there. Okay, so there's, let's call it uh, Navy SEAL style, like uh, terse communication, uh, you know, for a mission, <laughs> right? Operational. Right. Because uh, right. everyone's busy and you have to get something accomplished. Then you have the crutch right. of. Like, I don't really want to tell Errol that I don't like how he's doing on the podcast, so I'm just going to chat him that and, like, control the conversation that way. Uh, and then you have the water cooler of, like, we're all remote, and sometimes we just want to bullshit, and mm -hmm. there's nobody in the house right now, so I'm going to go chat with uh, someone just for 20 minutes and, and really make it chat not about work, but chat about water cooler stuff. And yeah. so now you're mixing that sort of kind of kind of communication in there. And so when you have all three and you can't differentiate them, then it becomes hard to sort of leave emotion out of it when you need to. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's exactly what we get back to. And I know you know the answer. And anybody who's listening out to us from the beginning, you know what I'm going to say. It comes right down to the leader. How's the leader? It's a huge leadership challenge, one that I've never undertaken um, specifically from, you know, having a team remotely, I have been a part of a team that's communicated remotely. Um, it was a sales team. So there wasn't even, that was just more ideas going back and forth. It wasn't really an issue, you know, but my question is, you know, how does the leader set that up? That is all for the leader to manage and it can be done in a million different ways, but as long as the guidelines are in place, here's how we communicate when we're talking business Let's just keep it short. Let's keep it terse so that it's only the point. No, everybody put your emotions to the side. You know, nobody's mad at you. Nobody's poking you. This is just the way we're going to do it. You know, however it's done, um, you know, I, I came across something. I have a client 
who has a sales team that is, it, everybody's remote. And they really hardly ever get to sit in the same room. So the challenge for the boss is how does he touch those people personally without being able to see them? And I came across something from a guy named Marshall Goldsmith. He's a renowned leadership coach. Um, and it's really the, the six-question process. And this is something that you can do with your people every two to three months, and it gets the basic points across. First question, where are we going? Here's where I think we're going as an organization. Where do you think we should be going? Pretty basic, but it starts a dialogue. You know, next one, um, you know, where are you going personally? Here's how I see where you're going. How do you think you're doing? Um, you know, what are some of the suggestions? If you were coaching you, what suggestions would you give? You know, how can I help you? And then what do you have for me? It's basically a mutual responsibility type of communication, but that's stuff that really needs to be implemented if you are remotely leading a team. You know, you still have to get those personal touches. Um and, and that, you know, in, in that type of endeavor, that six-question process there, somebody's going to say, I just have a real problem with Zach when we're, you know, whatever it is. He gets too passive-aggressive or whatever, you know, whatever. He's afraid to call me. Whatever the issue is, if the leader is touching the employees on a consistent basis with consistent questions and real questions, this remote thing can work because you can just continue to um, – make sure everybody knows what the guidelines are for how we communicate with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's where I've sort of gotten to because uh, I, you know, uh, my technology team with Salt, I intended to be uh, remote, 100% virtual uh, by design. And I I know that for years I partook in sort of maybe uh, the problem of like preferring to chat because it's uncomfortable to talk over the phone. But now I realize the importance of really escalating the conversation at the first sign. So if there is a uh, chat that looks a little weird, call me, Joe, let's stop chatting and just give me a call. If there is a call that's going a little weird, hey, client, I'll come to your office tomorrow. So it's, it's sort of on me to escalate to the next medium immediately mm-hmm. and not partake in sort of a long conversation so i could i could text someone but if i don't like the reply instead of like getting crazy about it hey i'll call you in five minutes and i can call right, them and I, and, go ahead no, no i was go ahead i can call them and if it's getting off the rails it's like hey sally i'll be in your office tomorrow and like just escalate immediately to the next level to sort of spare any uh, angst yeah, and I, I think that's that's a great way to go. And I would say if we could do that in the reverse process, that would make it even easier. Let's have our initial stuff face-to-face so we get a feel for each other, what our expectations are. We're looking each other in the eye. You know, we, when you meet somebody, you, you, there's a different vibe. You just, you know, how do you describe it? You know the difference between when you've talked to somebody on the phone or when you meet them and get their energy and feel their energy. So... You know, as we go back and forth and we joke about, oh, why is it that you are just insisting on meeting everybody in person first? That's why I want to do it. Because if I've met you in person first, had a good conversation with you, then it's going to be a little easier for me to understand the text message, the email, or even the the phone call, for that matter, that goes a little sideways. You know, whatever impressions we have from each other. And I can also tell you that, you know, remote, again, I'm for remote, 
but what I'm also for is acknowledging the leadership challenges. And, you know, for, for, you know, my company leader one nine three, I try to get folks together in an area, in a situation, doing something that they're not used to, because that creates, it creates a bond that's not typically there. Even if I was doing training in somebody's workspace, that wouldn't be as good as me bringing them, like we talked about, to the to do close quarters battle or to do some Krav Maga or yoga or something or to go to a life coach. But something that's out of their space, everybody doing that together, looking at each other in the eye, seeing everybody's body language. It just gives you a much better appreciation for those communications that are remote later. And I just think that that can never be overlooked. As hard as it might be to get people together and do something that's important, uh, to get them to be looking at each other in the eye. Cause it's just a better recognition. I think going forward. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so sort of attack it from both ways. The other sort of thing that I'm trying to work on myself is, um, I sort of being bothered when people don't reply, right? Like if you're talking to someone and then they sort of go dark and it's like, well, like, are they going to reply? When are we talking to this person again? Like, why aren't they answering? Do they hate me? Um, and so you think about how annoying, how annoying that can feel. But then if you turn it around to when other people are waiting on you and you just think you're busy and you'll get back to them later, but they could be sitting there saying, why isn't Zach replying to me? Why isn't Zach chatting? me?" <laughs> right. so I don't think it's a big deal. The two hours that I'm not replying to someone, but how did I feel the two hours someone wasn't replying to me? Right. So <laughs> sort of, uh, it, it's true and people and people take it personally and then that and then that goes back to you know then how are you how are you communicating with each other again remotely via text or email or slack when you're a little a little mad because they didn't get back to you in the first 30 seconds i know they had their phone on them why didn't they they could have just said i'll get back to you you know what i mean like it's just Right. It's a real leadership issue, and it's a real – it's a place, like you, you said it, the emotional intelligence to be able to effectively communicate you know, via text or some other medium besides voice or face-to-face. -face, it's just the way it goes sideways so quickly. And again, it just – when I was listening to my friend share the story, I even had to say to him, did you ever think to pick up the phone? <laughs> and he yes. laughed. He laughed, but you know what? We don't have the courage to say those little snarky things all the time over the phone, right? right. So let's just let's just hide behind our our cyberbullying. No, exactly. <laughs> every know, layer, there's more. Right, you can do more at every layer, right, and get away with it, which is why people prefer to go into Slack and just chat up a storm. But if the leader lets it get off the rails for too long, then you really can introduce some toxic issues. I think. Well, and it, and, and, it, and it goes back in, and this is you know kind of the beauty of, of what we talk about, you know, from one episode to the next, it all ties in to each other, is are we, again, leading ourselves? So if we see something going sideways, even something that we initiated via text or email or whatever it is, are we going to have the discipline, the courage, the vulnerability to say, hey, can we, can we talk? Or can we Skype so we can at least look at each other, um, you know, get a get a you know eye to eye, and, and just stop this where we go. You know, you you had brought it up. That's what you started to do, 
and that's you know that's a self leadership mode. That's a self assessment, and you know it, it takes courage again to say, "Let me pick up the phone. This is getting crazy." You know, I, for goodness sakes, I do it with my wife. You know, when we're just miscommunicating, and her and I, she she reads my mind, and even we miscommunicate. Uh, on text message sometime and i'll just be like like can i call you i'm i'm not getting this <laughs> you know something's not happening and, here. and then you re- yeah and then you realize she's was in the middle of a work thing or right. she was around you know the kids were going crazy and i was taking it the wrong way i mean it can get out of hand with two people who really know each other and just really want nothing more than good communication imagine that with somebody you've never met you know, or all you've ever done is just remote communication. It can get out of hand fast. Just because I depend on this job for my pay Doesn't mean I will ever let you talk to me that way Or tell me who do you think Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As someone who grew up seeing how positive of a difference working from home can make, especially after decades of working at the workplace, I thought this episode hit many topics well. Let us know your thoughts on the subject, or just on how the podcast is doing in general, by reviewing us on iTunes. The Leadership in Tech podcast is a part of a larger project called the Tech On Ramp, a 10-week educational program that prepares candidates to be able to get jobs in the technology sector. You can find out more about us and how we're revolutionizing leadership in tech and the industry in general by going to techonramp.com. At the bottom of the homepage, you can sign up with your email address to receive episode announcements as well as leadership tips and professional development resources, all in our email newsletter. To find out about the players involved in the tech on ramp, you can check out Errol at leader193.com or Zach at salt.io. And as always, the Leadership in Tech podcast can be found on stitcher.com, pocketcast.com, soundcloud.com, player.fm, iTunes, Google Play Music, and more on the way. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'm looking forward to continuing the journey with you next week. Your attitude